Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including Star vs. the Force of Evil, which we'll be getting into right now. I'm Dylan Heisen, and today I am joined by April Collins. Hello! Andy Potter. Hey! And Steve Zack. Hello! Today, April, Andy, Steve, and I are getting into night five of Starvember, uh, the Woo! November 13th episodes <laughs> of Star vs. the Force of Evil, Princess Turdina and Starfari, uh, that aired, uh, tonight on Disney XD and were up on the Watch Disney app this morning. Um, this is the two week November Star Everyday event every Monday to Thursday, Ooh. and we are covering it all here at the Overly Animated Podcast. We already got through all, all four days of week one. Here's day five, and you can find all, all of those podcasts at overlyanimated.com or search for Overly Animated Star vs. the Force of Evil on iTunes and subscribe there or on YouTube to not miss any of our future Star podcasts. Um, so yeah, make sure you've seen these two episodes, Princess Turdina and Starfari. Spoilers for them and for all previous episodes of Star. But let's get right into things. Uh, April, what did, what did you think of these two episodes? I thought they were good. I, I, I enjoyed them. They were fun. Um, Princess Turdina was probably my favorite one of the two. Um, not as into Starfari, but we'll get into all of that. Um, but they were they were a good time. So nice sort of like uh, I guess anti plot episodes, or they weren't very plotty, but uh, good time. So they get thumbs up from April. Thumbs up from April in third person. Impressive. Okay. Um, You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Andy, what's your what's your take on these? I'm kind of in the reverse way. Uh, I viewed um, Princess Turdina kind of like the same way I viewed Trial by Squire. I kind of felt it was unnecessary. We kind of ended the episode the same way we started it. Everything kind of didn't change. And um, in Starfari, I kind of I liked it a lot. I liked the Jane Goodall references because that's who that's who this monster expert yeah, was. Definitely, 100%. yeah, yeah. And I, I liked that. And um, I like it was it was fun seeing Buff Frog. And um, I didn't. I don't think it was great, but I, I liked it more than I did Princess Tardina. Okay. Uh, so we got, uh, so far, one vote for the first, one vote for the second. Uh, Steve, what do you think of these two? I thought they were good. Um, I think I like Starfire a little better. Um, Tardina is fun. It's a episode two. And because, by the way, I pr- predicted Miss Haynes would be in this episode. So, little points there. <laughs> so I was right about that one. So, um... I'm so I'm not sure, but I I love the um the uh the princess the the spider princess princess. That, that's your that's your first take for uh, princess spider bite in the back. <laughs> she doesn't even speak in the episode, Steve. No, no, she does. The one that, the one the blonde one with the uh with the four Pr- arms. Princess arms, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's her name in the credits. Is princess? Wait, is that her arms. actual yes, name? Yes, it yes. Is. yes. <laughs> what? It's princess uh, arms. That 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 is an Adventure Time level naming of a character. Oh, like, oh she's oh, cause she's Spider because she's multiple arms. Uh, I was confusing her with Princess Spider yeah. Bite, who is a different character. Okay, yeah, that's what I meant. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, I, I like the episode. Um, still don't wonder are we ever going to get a closure to this heinous plot? Um, I, now that now that everyone knows that Marco's true identity, I mean, it, I think it's time to wrap this plot up. Up. As for Starfire, I. I love it. I love it. Um, any episode with Buff Frog gets points with me because I love Buff Frog, and I especially love his children, and I love little Katrina. Who I'm so interested to see though. When will she reveal she can talk to Buff Frog? 
And I'm excited that Buff Frog now has a job as part of the union administration. I wonder, though, is he going to, like, report to work at the castle? I mean, him and Moon bonded, so I don't think Moon will, would, would eject to it, would get in the way. So she's the only one with authority to really fire him since Star hired him. So pretty much all the other uppertype unions are kind of stuck with him. One thing I didn't like, of course, the episode showed me, though, why Marco is better than Tom. Tom is just like a, just saw a monster being oppressed and just didn't really react to it. Just being like a typical union snob. While I'm sure if Marco was there, he would have at least felt the same feelings that Star had. The same feelings of injustice. So Yeah, it took, it took this long to, to figure <laughs> out that Marco is better than Tom. Oh, I always knew. I always knew. I'm just... <laughs> Again, showing the other side of Tom that's just kind of a snobbish side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, so you're you're really high on Starfire, and uh, yeah, um, I, I'm not. Cra- uh, these are fine. I'm not crazy about either episode. I guess I'd I'd pick Starfire of the two. Um, but uh, outvoted April. But it's uh, fine. But I don't. Really, I'm used to this. Yeah. But to, to be honest, I don't have a lot to say about either of these. I think they continue. This is our ninth and tenth episode in a row of Starvember. Yes, I'm defining episode as a, an 11 minute segment. Fight me. Um, that uh, is kind of un- that is kind of <laughs> underwhelming. I've talked about this all of last week, and I still don't think we've had a great episode of Star during this event. And I'm pretty. Um, I don't know. I'm going to say disappointed because they've all been good. None of them have been bad. So that's good. We haven't had any misses, but I don't think they they're... just haven't been like over the moon. Right. Let me read. I've I, I prepared a list of episodes that I think are <laughs> that have aired this, oh. this year that are great. And well, uh, there, there's so a lot. I, don't, I have some information, though, about this farm is that this is going to end with episode 13. This is a 21 episode season, so this Thursday is not the season finale. Yes, it's not correct. It's it's yeah. probably it's the mid seasonish finale. I would say, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's equivalent Ish. to um, I don't know whatever last year uh, we ended on before. Yeah, and then on uh, was Bonbon mid-season? Yeah, I guess it was. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's going to be the equivalent yeah. of Bonbon. Yeah. Okay. Um, so here's episodes of Star that have aired this calendar year that I thought of being, were great. And there's a lot of them. Uh, Raid the Cave, uh, Baby, oh. Running with Scissors, Just Friends, Face the Music, Star Crushed, Moon the Undaunted, Toffee. I'd even throw Math Magic in there. Um, I, th- I thought all of these are great episodes. And none of these 10 episodes have been anywhere near the, as good as, an, as any of those. So... Um, in that regard, this has been pretty disappointing for me so far. Um, and I think I like previously I blamed this on the the obsession with forward plot movement. Um, like we each episode we had to get somewhere that we weren't before, and I don't, this show's never really been about forward plot movement, so I don't know why we need to start here. But um, these two episodes switch gears. Neither of these episodes care about plot at all. So and they still were underwhelming. So I don't think that's necessarily a problem. But um, yeah, I, I think that we've uh, slowed down a little bit now that we've gotten Marco back on on Muni, um, that uh, we're kind of in a status quo here. I think the Starfari is kind of an, an important episode for forwarding the star's attachment to monsters plot lines. So that's going to, but it's more of a character thing. You know, there's not really any specific plot movement. Like, yes, Buff Frog gets appointed monster, monster expert. We'll see if anything happens from that. 
Um, but I don't think that that's like a, the same thing as, you know, uh, now let's write Jackie out of the show. Now let's, uh, get, um, <laughs> yeah, like all that stuff, fast stuff that was happening last week. Now let's get Star and Tom dating. And, um, I think we see once again here in the second episode that Star and Tom dating is completely irrelevant to anything. Tom gets like barely a speaking line again in the episode. So, um, it's I, still still waiting to see the payoff of the star, Tom Star because clearly the show does not care about them. Um, just in, At least not in this these two episodes. Yeah, and it's not looking great for future ones either. I think so. Um, yeah, I'm you know I'm I'm hoping for for better things, and uh, I, I think these are fine. I'm a little I'm I have some problems with Princess Dardine. I wanna I wanna. It's one of my least favorite of the bombs so far, but um, the, I think Starfire is good, and um, I, I, you know the, sh- the show is still good. It's just uh, you know where, where's the standout episodes? I, I don't know. Do you guys agree with me on that? That there, we just haven't had one that's particularly stood out. I agree. Neither I, none of these have been like I, I say overwhelming, but I mean that in like a good way. It's just like they're just like episodes. Like I feel like we're almost kind of back in like the first season where the episodes kind of but didn't really tie together and they were they were all right, but I mean they weren't anything to like gush over. Like I don't find myself like, okay, I need to know everything about what's going on at the end of the day. If that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh Steve, yeah, what do you think I, of that? Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. Nothing great. Um maybe on Zap Gasping me on straws here, but if they do something that I like, maybe I like it more than maybe I should. Like, I've been waiting forever for them to get back to this monster Munion plot, so I'm so happy they got back to it. So that's probably why I'm more high on Star Fafari than than you guys might be. Yeah, it, it was it was definitely refreshing to see them address this thing, which we've been completely, you know, we've been talking about this for a while. I think a lot of but Alan- did we really address it? Like that's the thing. Like Star called its attention to Moon, but mm. the, like, and she appointed Buff Frog the yeah. monster expert. But like, what does that even mean? Yeah. Okay. Let's you know let's, I- let's get into Starfire then. Let's talk about this. Um, okay. Because I think that's <laughs> I think that's the leading episode anyway. Um, so I think what Starfire makes clear is Star's pro-monster inclinations. Um, like she's actively complaining to, to Moon about, uh, you know, why, you know, why monsters are, certain people are looked at as monsters, oh. why they're treated differently. Oh, I've been waiting for that. So that's sounds like an in-joke of the show. I've been wondering, I've been on Starside too. They never made that clear. So I'm, I'm glad we got that scene. And I thought Moon had some really funny lines in the episode, like, uh, how she's saying how like, one prince is rich, yeah. and of course about Lekmet. Too soon, Star. Yeah, yeah. The the stars stars cart of uh, Muni uh, when she's talking to Moon. I think for me is the highlight of the episode. And uh, this is uh, la- last week on the podcast. Alex said, uh, "Why is Tom not a monster?" And uh, yeah, we were, yes. literally we addressed this right in this episode. So it was very fulfilling from a fan perspective to have this talked about, and kind of right when we started to question it. Um, I don't think it like, uh, I don't think I, I talk about this a lot on this podcast. I don't think like, uh, pointing out your show's mythology problems and joking about them is a solution. So I still think that this doesn't make any sense, but, um, at least we're kind of trying to build it into the mythology that this is just a, a human royalty bias. Um, I think that's maybe the best direction to take it, given that we already have this nonsensical, like Tom is not a monster and, uh, the lizard is, Lechmet isn't, um, so it's it, we're trying to like we're trying to play it off as uh, Moon's bias. I think that's probably a good direction. 
to take I, it. I also really liked, before we get off this too far away from it, I really liked that um, it was implied that Star does this a lot, makes these carts a lot, because the way Mood was like, oh no. She was like, oh no, oh no. It was just like, it Star just rams into the door with this cart of like, oh my god, Star must do this all the time. She must make these carts and like show them off to her mom all the time, try to explain things. And I just love that. I just love that headcanon. Yeah, I'm, I'm not buying that Star made this. I think she had the royal cart maker uh, make, make this. <laughs> well, she probably designed it. She probably designed yeah, it. Yeah, she might have drawn, drawn it up. Yeah, Star definitely she, not. She, well, not. Who would help her? Who would help her? Well, who would help her? Because every union's anti-monster, so I don't know who would help Marco. her. Marco. Marco would help her. Oh, Marco made this? Are, are, we so, are we so deprived of Starco that we're headcanning these episodes? Into- yes! <laughs> yes, I agree. We are! I agree. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I loved the the card. It was very intricately made. It was a nice map of Muni. We hadn't seen that before on the show. Um, it's like it's like it's in the it's in the the book, but um, it's it, it that's the most inc- and it was like three D and she she like pulled up a part to and go to the underworld. And she had cute little like figures. It was great. Yeah. Like there's nothing to not enjoy about that. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, she says, uh, what about people that aren't Mumin but also aren't monsters? Are Romulus's hands monsters? <laughs> <laughs> what about Romulus himself? Why are we going there? Also, I'm glad that we brought up Rich Pigeon because I had some questions about him yeah, as well. Yeah, we you, Rich Pigeon, he's, he's new. Uh, well, dear, he's rich. I like that. That's a great answer. Keeping it real, Moon. Yeah, keeping it real. <laughs> Moon is keeping it real. Um, yeah. What about the Lucifer? But then, how do you how do you explain like Ludo and that whole family? Like, are they considered monsters because they're technically like? Yeah, they're royalty um, and monsters. I think. Yeah, exactly. They, they just didn't have enough cash. So. Yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> they don't have enough cash anymore. They're monsters. <laughs> yeah, that's basically that seems to be how it works. Yeah, um, what, why are lizard people monsters? But Lechmit, the giant magical goat man, is not. And uh, moves like too too soon, Star. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I, I for me that's like the, the that's the highlight of the episode. I really. That, that I was scene. gonna say that was like the episode for me, and then after that, I was kind of over it. So I didn't like the whole Jelly Goodwill. Well, we'll talk about her. But yeah, I thought, I thought it was a great scene. It addressed a lot of our questions. And it also um, puts forward stars, you know, monster bias on quotes, really objectivity, we would say, from our perspective. And um, she's like questioning why why certain people are being uh, you know, monstrosized, uh, I guess. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and later with... Uh, you know, just with the the conclusion to Doctor Goodwell, um, she, she like sees that uh, that she, that Goodwell's like has this uh, just monster bias, and that um, uh, we should uh, we should work together, and yeah, that it's and she like uh, points Buffrog. So we're we're going down this path that we started back in um, Moon Independence Day, yeah, um, yeah. You know, of uh, of getting into that. Uh, so this is a long time coming, and I do think Actually, we're we're making we're making progress here on Star uh, being a monster quality figure. Actually, I think it predates that. I think it goes all the way back to Lobster Claws, like when the really. Well, I, I couldn't tell you one thing about that episode, so that's <laughs> okay. But, <laughs> but um, I do say this though: Goodwill, Doctor Jelly Goodwill. Yes. You know, I categorize her as pretty much a liberal racist or a racist liberal, right, um, right. whatever term. You know, one of those type of people who 
don't really think themselves as racist and think they're progressive, but they're not. Right. I want to let's talk about her because I found the. I, I think a lot of times with Star, and I've talked about this before, the show really isn't uh, giving any morals off, uh, and uh, it's it like prioritizes like humor and quirk over um, teaching kids things, and uh, it results in some confusing <laughs> messages sometimes. Um, yeah. Are we are we trying to demonize Jane uh, Jane Goodall? Like like yeah. Is this is Jane? Jane Goodall, is this what we're doing here? Um, Whatever. What, what, what's the modern rep- day children? Modern day children don't know who Jane Goodall is. Right. Like, I think let's I, be real. Still, let's, we still teach her in school, right? Um, but yeah, it's it's. I don't know what the point we're making with this character is. What is is it like? What Steve's saying? Like, I think that what Steve's saying is the moral takeaway. Like, even someone who claims to be uh, progressive but still like others, someone um, is 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 not is not good. Or is it just that? Uh, you know, I, and I think the answer is that they're just trying to be funny with her and have her be quirky. I don't know if there was an intended yeah. moral here. You know, I, who I do, don't think there was. She reminds me a bit of Mina Loveberry in a way, just how just over the top crazy she is. Yeah, and... I could see that. Yeah, Andy. Yeah. I think you could read this as um, that just that um, it's the same message they had a couple times where it's just you need to talk to people. But that's like the only message I think you could reasonably get from this. And that's even like really deep down there because it's really skimmed past um, Star talking to Buff Frog and, and what's her name? Jelly Good, Good, Goodwell? Yeah. It's yeah, con- Jelly yeah. Goodwell. Her name and Jane Goodall is very confusing, but yeah. It, it's very close. <laughs> I will say Jay, Jane Goodall every single time. Yeah. Um, but, but Jelly, she, she, it never, it's really touched on that. She learns the wrong thing from it, which is very confusing and really, mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, to she, me. like she obviously she doesn't see that uh, monsters are just like people too. But who, what, what are we applying this to? Because this isn't like animal rights. Like because monsters aren't a direct comparison for animals. So the show isn't commenting no. on animal rights. It's more commenting on, um, like like the closest thing is probably what Steve's saying, like uh, racism and othering of different cultures. Like that's. Yeah. But I, I I don't really think the show is 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 really commenting on that. But well, like I said, I, I don't want to get into it too deep. But like how. I don't know if you've ever seen like a, some Norm Lear shows from the seventies. Um, sometimes, like some of the so-called liberal characters on the show, they can be just as sort of I'm gonna say as biased towards like the uh, minority race mm. as you know the uh, conservative characters are. You know, uh, in other words, like Mike Stibick sometimes can be as little. It can be just as racist as Archie Bunker. <laughs> The, you, wrong, wrong, wrong audience with the show for that reference. Yeah, it's like this, uh, this is a character who seemingly means well and um, yeah. studies yeah, that's what I'm trying these, to say. Yeah, yeah. Like, but uh, even then, she didn't mean well. She meant to imprison them, right. essentially. Yeah. Yeah, they, they kind of take that so away, too. Yeah. Even, um, she might be like this, like, this like very privileged, like middle class, like white person mm-hmm. that wants to get into the hip hop culture, okay. uh, or upper class white person who thinks they know about the oppression of the. Uh, yeah, yeah, oh, we, we got it. We got. It. We don't even go that deep, but yeah, um, yeah. They kind of take away any semblance of meaning while she has when she just like blows them up, right? Like this is. <laughs> kind of, yes. And they and they play it off very quickly with oh I pressed the button already like uh, and it's kind of funny but I was like oh I shook your hands with the blowy uppy thing like uh, okay this is I don't know that character didn't really work for me to be honest it it no. worked for like the first like few minutes she was there for me and then like the longer she was on screen the more I was just like okay you've stayed your welcome you've overstayed your welcome <laughs> I'm kind of done with you 
Yeah, she, I mean, I don't know. She was she wasn't there for that long. We just I don't know if we go anywhere good with her. She this is an impressive character. She's voiced by uh, Carol Kane and uh, who's uh, long oh, yeah. very long time actress who's on Kimmy Schmidt right now. And um, she's pl- it doesn't mean that playing it playing a Jane playing a Jane Goodall parody character. Like it's 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 kind of a crazy concept. But yeah, um, no, I don't think the character is very good. I, I think it's more of the episodes introduced the the job than her. So Buffalo can have the job and that becomes... Okay, yeah, let's talk about that. I'm unclear on how much this is supposed to be a long-term plot thread, uh, Buffrog being the the monster expert. Yeah, I I really took this as like a very like one-off episode. And then like there, it was very like, oh, Buffrog's going to be the monster expert. And I was like, okay, I mean, maybe, but I just feel like a couple episodes down the line, like Moon's going to appoint somebody else and that's going to be it. I always thought... Vincent Buffrogue maybe being the monster ambassador to Munion, so this is kind of it, I guess, in a way. Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. This, what do you think, Andy? This just feels like another consolidation of characters, because that's what it seems like this season is. It seems like they're trying to get every character that we care about into one location, so they can always have any pairing of characters together for an episode so now buff frog is in muni and marco's in muni and tom is in muni and Ponyhead's in muni now too she just seems to be up here at the castle whenever she wants and so now we have a and that just seems what this is a consolidation they can use buff frog more often without questioning how he got there that well, just seems like this what this well, is to me well it's only a matter of time though before ludo comes back somehow oh yeah oh, no, i haven't God. even thought of ludo this whole it's been 10 episodes oh and gosh. i haven't thought one second about ludo i guess we mentioned i'm earlier, okay with that I'm, oh, I'm fine with it <laughs> but but april that being said ludo got, ludo leaves the show show gets worse is is there are these related like uh, uh <laughs> don't, don't say such mean things we need a direct conflict and ludo gives us that Ludo I, gives us some kind of movement that doesn't feel forced. It's true that we don't have conflict right now. Um, I do. I do well, want. Yeah. I do want at least Ludo to meet Buffrog's kids to meet Katrina and the little tadpoles. Like, why? It's technically why? Yeah, that doesn't need to happen. <laughs> keep, keep, Buff, keep Ludo away from precious Katrina, please. <laughs> please. <laughs> Yeah, but oh. uh, yeah, it's yeah. I think I do. I agree with Andy. I think we're just getting Buff Frog into the castle now, and now we can um, like he seems to be a character we care about. We've gone out of our way to bring him in before, like this episode. So I think it makes sense to bring him into the fold in more of a concrete manner. Um, and may- yeah, maybe he'll play right. sort of a central figure to this continuation of Star's pro monster rights. Um, uh, I, I have seen some ep- some episode descriptions from this week, so this does seem to be a thing that's going to be recurring recurring throughout this week. And um, I think it makes sense given that we have Eclipse on trial. Eclipse is the pro monsters person, um, and uh, yeah, I think uh, I, I, this is a very much a path I want to go down. Is Star's uh, continued monster rights uh, zealousness? Like, let, let's keep I'm, doing that. I'm interested to see what Buffrog's feelings on Eclipse are. Maybe he agrees with Moon that she might be a little too much of an extremist. That'd be interesting. Yeah, that'd be an interesting route to take. Um, that yeah, that would be. But at the same time, like we still don't completely understand. Like our story on Eclipse is very one-sided still. So I'm. I mean, it's hard to tell where <laughs> it's going. <laughs> yeah, we just haven't seen very much Eclipse at all, so it is hard to tell. Uh, yeah. I'm, un- I'm not clear on how much she's even going to play in. Like we're just moving so slowly. Like yes, we still have. Um, six uh seven episodes left this week but you know are we gonna resolve we're not resolving eclipse on seven episodes so I, like are we even getting to the start of the trial in seven episodes like i'm inclined I, to say no at this point 
I agree. I don't think we're getting a trial this week. And I don't think we can try it till next year. I do know after this episode, we do have one ep- two episodes in December, and that's it. Yeah, there are there are two episodes in, on the schedule in December, so maybe that's look forward to. But I can't imagine that they're going to be anything like super no, plotty. Yeah, we're not like, going to Yeah, holiday spell shawl is not going to address yeah. those, I don't think. But. It's dump day, you guys. Hey, Come you never, on now. That's <laughs> so that could be clipped a theme. You never know. It's not. Holiday spell <laughs> shawl. Yeah, okay. Anyway, um, so yeah, it's, it's uh, I, that being, yeah, so even though... Um, I wasn't super into like Goodwill or I, I like the star pro monster parts of this episode. And I think that that's uh, something very interesting to explore as, as we well, keep going. I love little yes. Katrina's her, her little parts when she just, but her interaction with the, yeah, Katrina's with, helping out with, uh, yeah, yes. with rebuilding the day. I love how she just casually talks to anybody, not buff named buff frog. Look, Steve, like, how do you know that didn't happen off screen already? Come on. I was <laughs> going to say, yeah, we don't know that. Well, that, that stroller thing is all of them in the strollers and she doesn't say nothing. She doesn't have to say anything. If she doesn't want to, maybe she likes being in the stroller with everybody. You know, I think maybe in my head can maybe the fact that maybe she sees, maybe she's a little bit favoritism by buff frog and maybe she's hiding that. For her siblings' sake, so they get some love too. Steve, I think you're thinking about the Katrina sibling dynamics more than anyone else has in the world. Like, well, I love them, so what yeah. <laughs> okay, Steve's our <laughs> Katrina uh, tadpoles up expert. Gotcha for future episodes Fair. noted. Um, yeah, I, I did think that was a nice to have the Katrina cameo. Let's check in more or more. Maybe they'll move to the castle now. Yeah. Um, the other part of this episode I want to talk about was the uh, Star Tom shopping in the beginning. Um, their stuff. <laughs> <laughs> They're out on a date shopping for princess merch. Um, were they out on a date, though? They were together because doing something. Doesn't th- that count? That doesn't mean they're on a date. And they might have said it was a date, but I mean, we watching, no. It's like, I that's mean, not- I go to work with my coworkers. Is that a date? <laughs> just, we're just trying. <laughs> Are you going, like, shopping? Out? Yeah, I, I mean, I guess. But yeah, it's in our head and rumor to view of the world, any uh, male, female, uh, uh, eligible romantic pair would be considered I, a date I, doing something. Whatever. whatever. <laughs> yes I for one thing though he did not like that monster before that got thrown out he did not like because he talked to star he did not get jealous and get started to fight with him because that guy was yeah, talking between, to between this and the you wanted tom to put up a fight uh like you're i think you're uh you're over analyzing the tom actions like tom had one line and then we didn't like look at him again like he, <laughs> he just wanted to know if that shirt was gonna look yeah awesome. yeah the, the episode did not give him an opportunity to speak up for the monster i'm gonna defend tom you know what possessive yeah. I mean, like, he also did not have, he also didn't have time for that either he was just not a factor in the episode like again were they actually out on a date i'm just saying okay like- whatever there were in this tom, tom star dating period and it's not even important enough to show them actually doing anything together beyond this 30 seconds so like i think that shows you what the show thinks about them that's what i'd say that's true yeah you think as much as exactly Jar- as much as jarko pretty much right same yeah. thing <laughs> jarko dead tom star uh <laughs> What's our read? We'll see. Going into going into the rest of this week, right, is Tom Star dead by the end of Thursday? No, because no, we're moving no. so slow. <laughs> Monster Bash, maybe the last episode. I, uh... I think I think it's I think I think it's definitely done. I think it's definitely done soon. Um, <laughs> we, let's talk. Yes, yeah, Steve. Yeah. All right, um, or maybe one of the big thing. Maybe Tom is not so much on Star's side with coming Monster. If you go white, he kind of right. Yeah. What is how does what does Tom think about that? That's a good point. Yeah. 
Yeah, that that could that could be a drama in the Tom Star right? romance is uh, yeah. if Tom does not agree with uh, Star's position on monsters. Anyway, okay, uh, let's talk Princess Sturdina. Um, so the I did I did not remember that this is what I guess Ponyhead called Marco as princess in a previous episode. So I just didn't. know. I forgot that as well. Yeah. I did too. <laughs> I, I I called I called it. I said. Miss Heinous would be in yeah, this why episode. Are you giving, why are you patting yourself on the back for calling Miss Heinous episodes? Who cares? Like, Miss Heinous episode is not that. We're going to talk about how she's a bad character, so I don't know if this is a good thing to call. But this is She's a really bad character. <laughs> is, is anyone a good character in this episode? Um, Ponyhead. Uh, I think Ponyhead's Pony cool, yeah. Yes! I, was, I didn't even find it funny this episode. I love seeing Marco and Ponyhead sort of bonding. They're sort of on the same side this episode. They, they, their friendship's starting to develop yeah let me let me give you the three funny lines i've highlighted and this is this uh, there's not a lot going on this episode but in the beginning okay. we're doing Mar- marco's makeup and um uh star stars like what you don't like him marco says no i, I know i look amazing i um, mean then he continues yeah. So that, was, yeah, that was great yeah that was great i loved all of marco's like um like confident moments where he's like yeah i know i look amazing i'm so beautiful yeah. like all of yeah marco embracing was good yeah um later later he's like i can't believe i'm saying this but i'm going with pony's advice and pony's like woo good choice so i thought that was good yeah that was yeah um and then at the end i, I really liked the uh gemini at the end uh with talking to Miss Heinous. Um Gemini says, uh, we say this all the time. I'm coming for you. Maybe we should just stay in tonight and you can have a little Gemini feel. Yeah. Uh, so it's a good, it's a good, like, take, uh, take down of their stupid, uh, Miss Heinous recurring plot. Uh, so yeah. you, you didn't enjoy the, we don't believe in get, uh, we don't believe in grades, just pancakes quote, because I really oh. enjoyed that one. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. And yeah. And the, the, their curriculum is, uh, what brunch and party yeah it's party it's fine yeah that, that whole section it's fine you know whatever and, and they party and they and they don't sleep like the schedule is a full 24 hours right <laughs> they don't even address that issue no yeah marco's, well, marco's, marco's like when do you sleep yeah like yeah they have to do math yeah so that's uh this is the current state of saint olga's um so let's talk to the marco as princess Sturdina. um so this is something a lot of fans really love is uh marco princess marco and uh, this was like a big uh, Princess Marco empowerment uh, thing going on here. What, what do you think of the how the show's handled this previously, April, and how how it was handled this episode? Um, it's not the same because in past episodes, the whole Princess Marco thing was very like very revolutionary, like very I'm taking a stance kind of thing. And then with this episode, it was more so like we're just using this as an excuse to do whatever we want. You know, in terms of because I don't I'm I feel like Marco was very like misinterpreted in the sense that like like St. Uh, Olga's was very like we're going to turn out like the very same princess kind of thing. And so he he initially was like, oh, like it's not criminal to be an individual, but he wasn't necessarily saying like, hey, you should just do whatever it is that you want. And so this episode, I felt like we just like stumbled upon a frat house kind of thing. And that um, this was like a like if I felt like it should have been like a very like wake up call kind of thing to this revolution. But at the same time, Marco was very, I guess, accepting of what it had become simply because it boosted his self-confidence. Does that make sense? Yeah, like this this episode was just about Marco and whether he should lie or not and not really about like this movement or anything or like empowering people. Like, yeah, I was expecting a real like surface level thing of like they're 
all the same still. They're just doing something different. Like, they're still conforming to one thing. It's just a different one thing. Like, they're all or, the same character. Or even more so, like, they're still trying to be better princesses in the same way that, like, Star is trying to be a better princess, but without sacrificing who she is. But it's, like, it's, like not that at all kind mm. of thing. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's... Supposed to be like a message. Supposed to be like a happy medium between a dictatorship and total anarchy. Hmm. Yeah. The me- there's yeah. no uh, once much like Starfire. There's not really messaging in this episode. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. So here's uh, here's my general take on on uh, Prince the Princess Marco stuff, and um, I, I don't, don't want to get like that much into this. I think it's great that we're having uh, like putting we're putting makeup on Marco in the beginning. He's wearing a dress, and we're not making fun of it, and like he's loving it. Like, that's really great. And um, I think that, uh, you know, the show's done that. And on its own, that's, like, very empowering that it does it, uh, you know, like, subverting uh, toxic masculinity, gender roles, stuff like that, that we're doing this um, and we're playing it straight and we're treating it legitimately. Um, I I think this episode kind of, like, crosses a line in 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 what we're doing here and i think that we're like try this episode is trying to have um trans positive uh morals and messaging without mm-hmm. having any actual trans representation and this this is kind of what's always squicked me out about the princess marco stuff is that uh, you always hear like oh the crew like we love the the trans marco head cannons we love uh you know this is uh you know this is something that kind of fits in with what we're doing but no it's not you're not like this is you're not having any actual trans representation on the show and that's something that we're in dire need of in in children's media there's just zero trans characters in any kids media and it would be so great if the show would actually have any sort of trans character and i and, and at times when i was watching this i felt like um we're trying we're trying to like uh you know we're we're trying to portray some sort of moral like this and um you know it just comes across as disingenuous to me i would say and that's kind of always the the impression i've gotten from from the princess marco stuff um it's always um it's always felt a little bit disingenuous the show isn't really doing anything truly progressive here and um you know it's 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 good for what it is it's good if people enjoy it it's good if if any if any um trans folk like take away positives from this that's it's it's already worth it so um you know in in that regard that's good but um yeah it 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 just it felt off to me in this in this episode no, I, I I agree, like, of the Princess, like, Marco stuff. I think this was the least, like, weighted, just because, like, I mean, really, they were just like, oh, well, she's a boy, we don't care. And I was like, okay, but you could have done so much more with this episode kind of thing. So, because I felt like, you know, as I've kind of already said, like, I felt like it was it was supposed to be very, like, revolutionary, but then, like, with this episode, it's not. At all, it sort of takes away everything that they kind of built up with it. Mm. Yeah, ba- ba- basically, um, Miss Anus uh, like uh, peels back. Uh, Margaret's like, "Oh, a chest hair! Like she's not a he's not a princess. He's a boy." And then the conclusion is, "Oh, princesses can be boys." And um, yeah, and I don't, I don't think we're actually doing anything positive trans with this, and it kind of feels like we were trying to. And yeah, basically, yeah, I, that's exactly yeah. it for me. I would have rather they hadn't touched on it i agree with that and i think this would have been better if it was just marco saying i'm not a princess because he's not whether he's a boy or not he's not a princess he's just some random guy from earth and it doesn't it doesn't solve a lot of the stuff that you talked about dylan but it would be better than just weirdly calling this out kind of randomly because i thought that's what he was going to tell them that hey i'm just some random person i'm not actually a princess and not like say that he's a 
guy that doesn't really matter for what he's trying to tell them. That mm-hmm. didn't that just didn't matter for what they were doing. That's what really it, threw me off. It just yeah. kind of thrust this thing in here for no reason. Yeah, I thought so too. Um, I'm not, I've never really been a big fan of these Princess Marco episodes, so there's no real lo- I saw no real emotion attached to this episode. Um, I'm not sure how you guys feel about that one scene though, when Marco revealed himself that this one princess definitely was sort of attracted to him now that he's a boy. Like, I don't know, like, why can you be attracted to him when he was a girl? Yeah, I'm just that's saying. That's a good point. Yeah, um, it was it yeah. was one of them from the ball a few episodes ago. Yeah. So I, yeah. So I really like her though. I like her design from the previous. Yeah, that's episode. that's a little weird too. Yeah, I don't know. It just it just seems it seems like it it ultimately ends up everything we're doing very very gender binary and very heteronormative, despite the fact that. Um, you know, there's this, uh, you, there's this surrounding air of the fact that, uh, this trans Marco thing is so popular and that, uh, that's, you know, they know fans, uh, support this and that they, the episode seems to be aware of it. It just ended up very, very binary to me. Um, and I want to make clear, like, I, I would be all about actually doing trans Marco or having any sort of trans character. And I think that, um, that would be something that we should definitely actually do on the show and it would be incredibly progressive. Um, and, uh, if someone takes, if anyone takes any positive away from it, it's 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 worth it on its own, though. But yeah, but even I but I think even like the fact that like at at the end of the episode, even Marco was just like, oh yeah, like I don't know how you girls do it. And I was just like, okay, like that's like it seemed kind of unfair for him to for like those sort of lines to be included in it, like because he seems so very like oh, yeah, like, this is great, like, I'm Princess Marco, Tordina, or whatever. But then at the end of it, he's just like, oh, like, oh, those corsets are terrible, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you, you're literally just complaining about, like, something that you sort of accepted about yourself. Does does that make it's, sense? It's just like, like a switch that they turn on when they want to on the yeah. show. It's not, it's not, it's yeah. just a gimmick for an episode and it's not a legitimate part of Marco's character. They don't inter, interwove it, interweave it into other episodes, other Marco character moments. So it just, it just, it feels insignificant. It feels like it's, it's just this gimmick. Yeah. And they're just sort of using it to like move, a, move forward this like Miss Heinous like plot line that continues, but I don't know why. I'm like, ready for that plot to end already. I've, I've had. I'm ready to tap out. I'm saying this. Yeah, let's talk about. Uh, okay, so yeah. Can I just say one yes, more yes, quick yes, thing, yes. really quick, about this yeah. scene? Um, I just wanted to say I really also didn't like the emphasis on this chest hair thing because I thought that was pretty bad. Because like people have hair, girls have hair. I've 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 dated plenty of women who have hair on their chest right. and they, they say that like life. the princesses can be hairy like they yeah, like, they have that in the episode so it, but i mean they have that but i mean like it didn't it felt like a joke it didn't it like because yeah. they were talking about humans like those weren't human people that said they had hair on their mm-hmm. chest like i felt i feel like uh, there are plenty of girls who could watch this young girls who watch this and get pretty upset about it right that, that's a like, good point I, yeah it's like these these nine yeah. characters and as always with the show like we just talked about uh, a few minutes ago it's like it's not clear what's a joke and what's a moral so it's it's yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Um, yeah, that whole scene is, uh, it, you know, it's it's it, it it just all feels a little off. I would say. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, the Prince uh, Princess Marco stuff, um, state of Saint Olga's. Also, yeah, I don't know why we need to uh, come back to Saint Olga so much. You know, this is it's kind of ridiculous that um, these are all princesses and like they have like royal parents and they're just letting them stay there in disarray. Of what they're like not checking in on them and no one's going home for the holidays. And, like this is just continued for for. But a while. they 
they sort of like contradict themselves too because uh, I and I apologize because I don't remember her name, but the one who was attracted to Marco after she found out that he was a boy, like it was like okay, well you're clearly like under the care and watch of your parents, like as evidenced by like the several the silver bell ball. But then you're still at St. Olga's, even though everyone knows that St. O's, like, has become, like, a giant, I guess, party school, so... Well, it's not just her. We also see the the princess with the boil. Yeah, Princess Spider-Bite's there, too. Oh, Princess Spider-Bite, yeah. I don't don't understand the logic behind it, yeah. Well, yeah, the really nice princess whose parents are kind of jerks for some reason... Yeah, so it it, it doesn't nice doesn't make princesses. a ton of sense. Um, and and uh, yeah, and the, the Miss Anus, uh, you know, this is a character who we already thought like putting in this like recurring villain state was probably a, not a good idea, and she just doesn't tie into any of the plot. And I don't know, she's rushing just the same old every week, every time she's and, here, and we still haven't explained why she has those marks on her cheeks right so we're, like, we keep we keep building up and they glow here and it's like we're like hinting at her being royal or something but um yeah but then she hides them in previous episodes so she makes yeah, she makes luda look like a, a complex character that's yeah that's true <laughs> we're definitely we're definitely building up to something with her i think she's probably going to be someone's relative and um it's it also <laughs> Rastacor is uh, regenerating very slowly. Rastacor's ju- just his torso had regenerated, yeah. <laughs> He's got a chest now. It's great. Uh, I, I do like that gag, though. Just him slowly growing every time we see them is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, him not growing like linearly like you'd expect. Like, he's just the chest. Yeah, I do, yeah that's good. <laughs> Um, he started as a hand yeah. and uh, I think Miss Anus was good in her first episode and uh, Jessica Walter voicing her is incredible and like this is a character I want to I want to love I love this is basically Lucille Bluth 2.0 and like she's she should be great and she, I don't think she's been well utilized uh, at all in these past few episodes with her um, don't don't need to see Miss Anus stuck, again you just unless you move her character along you just stuck well, at one point just one starting point and they're not well, they're afraid to move her well, and the other, the terrible part is uh, Gemini even calls them out on that, too. Yeah. Like, within the episode, he's like, oh, we always say this all the time. I'm coming for you, Princess Margot. But, like, like, what are you doing with that? Right. You're literally doing nothing. You get an episode out of a season, and that's it. So... It's I, almost a waste of my time at this point. I'm just maybe, well, maybe like next time her end might be just clips. I might just kill one shot her. Maybe I would be a lot more interested in this if the ending was her saying that she was going to go after Star because she just showed sucking like power out of a princess or something like that would be more compelling to me. Like we have we actually have a villain who wants to do something to our main character, but no, she she's just relegated to this weird Marco plot forever. For no reason. Yeah, I think I think maybe the next time we'll see her, she'll tie tie into Star. Um, there'll be there'll be some twist with her being royal. I, we also in this at the end here, we learn that she's like sucking the life force out of out of people, so she could she, out she, of she, nowhere. Yeah, she, she, yeah. She, she could be very old. Basically, that is my conclusion from that. That's why I'm saying Eclipse's sister. Right. Yeah. She she might be or Eclipse's her mother. Oh, she could be Eclipse's mother, maybe. Well, but so here, here's my biggest problem with her, like, sucking the life out of, like, the princesses, is that that is something that we could have set up, like, all the way back in our first episode uh, at Sano's. Like, we could have set that up with, like, whenever uh, Marco was, you know, strapped upon the thing and they were, like, trying to princessize him or whatever. Like, that's something that we could have set up a long time ago. Like, why did it take until the third season and this episode to bring that about? 
Because they didn't think of it till now. I guess, but I, I, I think I, I'm not trying to say it in the mean way. I think they just literally just like, hey, this could be a cool plot with her. Like, no, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we should have. Yeah, if we should have integrated her earlier. Um, maybe they just like bringing Jessica Watchers on the show. Yeah, I mean she's incredible, so I understand this. Yeah. But she's incredible, and they're like, hey, how can we bring her back? Let's show, just have yeah. a random Miss Hayes. The show gets very. The show gets very good uh, voice actor guest stars, definitely. Um, so yeah, um, not what, what, what stood out to you, April, potentially that we haven't talked about from, from the episode. Um, there was a lot of like really good one lines about this episode that I enjoyed, like the whole, um, the, we don't believe in grades line. Like I enjoyed that it was called the whispering gardens and it was an open place for gossip because (laughs) no princess should be silenced. And I was like. Those are not okay. I, you know what? I'm on board with that. And, um, like, I also, we didn't bring up the fact that, uh, Marco's chest hair is called Rodrigo. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I think we're calling back to the first time he, he had a chest hair. That was like a prominent thing in a previous episode. Yeah. yeah right. But he named it since then. It's in the so. <laughs> yeah. It, it's a very like Marco like moment. So I enjoyed like those very like small, like little moments that we had in that episode, like how Ponyhead was like, you killed like princess Tardina or whatever, like just as she was being like bored. Or, I, that's not the exact line, but that's kind of what I interpreted from it. And she's like crying at the end of the episode. Like I, I enjoyed those small moments. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Yeah, uh, Steve. Any any final princess, princess Jardina thoughts? Well, as usual, Ponyhead kind of steals the show in this episode. She's like the scene stealer. Um, like uh, the ending line, like how she like how she's upset that that the princess that Marco's princess Arturo is gone, pretty much. Um, that that was funny. Um, uh, yeah, the whispering thing was funny. But I, but I do say I do love I do really like Princess. Starbite, I don't know. Interesting, like design in terms of that she has this big nose, and she's not like this classically beautiful. She's just that's what, and she still can be a princess. That's why I kind of like her. I don't mind seeing more of her. Well, maybe, maybe too much, maybe too much a- princess Starbite discussion. Yeah, she's yeah. she's a normal looking person <laughs> who's a princess and has a big spider bite. Yeah, yeah. I don't have much yeah. to see this episode because I Starfire uh, Starfire is the one I like better, but okay. Andy, final final. So many stuff to say about that. (laughs) My final thoughts on uh, Princess Trina is that a star just felt really pointless here. I I wonder if this could be a better episode if it was just a Marco uh, um, Ponyhead episode because Star just really did nothing here. She just commented on what Marco was doing wrong, and as a watcher, I didn't need to see that. I didn't need a character on, like, in this specific, like, some episodes you do need a character who's voicing the the watcher's opinions, but this was not one of those episodes, because they never actually led to a moral of some kind. It was just Star saying, that's weird, Marco, why are you doing that? And it just felt kind of pointless. I did like, I did like um, the one joke where she wanted um, Marco's movie, the Princess Tardina movie, but other than that, oh. it was, that was a soundbite inserted for the DVD commercials, I think. Like, <laughs> I, yeah. I want that yeah. on DVD. You can lock that into the promos. Yeah, I wonder how much of his, Marcus royalties gets, gets from that movie. Yeah, that's, well, I mean, he gets 651. Uh, the, total, 
The total royalties that Marco gets is six hundred and fifty dollars every I, month. I know, but so how much percentage is from the movie? Huh? Is that it doesn't 60? matter. He gets six hundred and fifty dollars every yeah. month. I don't know, is that movie out? It. But yeah, um, yeah, that was Andy. That was the la- that was the other thing I want to talk about. Star's just the voice of reason in this episode. Yeah, and I don't think she functions well as that. That's not when she's fun. Um, so I think there's some episodes where she does she function well of- with that, but this is not one of them. She's a, yeah, she's the voice of reason in both episodes today. Yeah, but the other one's about like uh, furthering her voice, and this is just. Uh, I was gonna yeah. say, yeah, they're not the same like thing though, because she's more so of a voice of reason in uh, Princess Tardina, but in Starfari, she's like uh, voicing her own. Yeah, it, it's about Marco and kind of in thing. that one. Yeah, her, Star relegated to second fiddle to Marco and like voicing uh, commentary on Marco. It's uh, not a great idea. No. Okay, so let us know your thoughts on Princess Jardina Starfari. Um, tomorrow we've got Lava Lake Beach and Sweet Dreams. Um, and I, I will say, pr- promising, promising uh, potential episodes here. Uh, there's some, I think. I mean, maybe. We'll yeah, see. We don't really know, but uh, th- both of these have a lot of potential. Kelly, I think, is going to be in the first one. So. Oh, oh. <laughs> Oh, oh my I'm god! So for this set. <laughs> oh my god! I know you're gonna love this one, Dylan. <laughs> you just you just made April's day, Dylan. Yeah, you really did. No matter what happens tomorrow, I'm excited. <laughs> yep, we've got Callie and some. I don't know. I'm hoping for some Starco. I have some reason to hope that there's some Starco. Oh yes, yeah. <sighs> you know we're not gonna get Starco. Come on, uh, look, drama also counts. That's always what I say. <laughs> okay, I'm waiting for drama. The Starco egg star breakup. When's that gonna happen? <laughs> Not this episode. <laughs> yes, Tom Star breakup coming soon. Okay, so like, uh, t- yeah, tell us about uh, our discussion on Princess Trini Starfari. Um, talk with us on our Discord at overlyanimated.com/discord. We have star channels. Text yeah. chat with us there. and uh, comment uh, wherever you're listening. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube if you're watching there or on uh, iTunes. And uh, you can uh, support us via Patreon, patreon.com slash overlyanimated. Thanks to all our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, John, a.k.a. Garfield. And thanks as always to our patron Woo! executive producers, John, Ryan, Steve, Alex, and Andy. Um, yep, back three more star podcasts this week. If you missed our Steven Universe bomb uh, discussions, go check those out. We had four on Friday. And uh, we had Mysticon's Ruby discussion. Check those out as well. And, uh, you know, Marcus Ladybug also coming up. So... Nah. Oh, <laughs> overly, <laughs> overlyanimated.com for all of that and uh, we'll see you uh, tomorrow for more star thanks for listening guys bye bye, bye. 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 bye.